Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Small Town Nerdcast. I'm your host, Bri-Fi, your comics guy. That's right, I'm trying to adopt a little bit of the old into the new. Or you can just call me Brian, but all my super close podcast friends call me Bri-Fi because that was the name that I established before this podcast, and I will never live it down ever again. Anywho, <laughs> so yeah, um, we're getting a little release fluid with the podcast, as in I'm not sure what days I'm releasing anymore because I always tried, I used to always try to do Tuesdays, but now with like the weekend and stuff, I, I just, I want to enjoy my weekends, even though I work most weekends and not, so it's hard to uh, put out a regular show because I'm just lazy, so we're going to release episodes sometime between Tuesdays and Thursdays, <laughs> and you're just going to deal with it because it's not a long show. It's not that important. It's just me blabbing on a microphone for 30, 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes even less. So get over it. Get over yourselves. You're not that special, and neither am I. Anywho, uh, this week with the Small Town Nerdcast, no Small Town Nerd drama, just... Uh, some nifty nerd news, and then we'll kind of get out of your hair so you can enjoy the rest of your week, the rest of your car ride, whatever it is that you are doing. Um, first things first, though, I want to start off the podcast with a bit of sad news. Um, legendary artist Tim Sale has passed away at the age of 66. Um, he's been known for tons of work um, with DC and Marvel. One of my favorite books that he's done artwork for is uh, the Spider-Man Blue series. In fact, I think he was a part of like all of the Marvel, how do I say it, color characters. Like there was Spider-Man Blue. I think he did Captain America White, Hulk Gray. Uh, was it Daredevil Red or Daredevil Yellow? So like he did and, and these are fantastic books by the way so if you ever get a chance to check them out please do but uh spider-man blue is one of my favorites and if you can find that i highly recommend it as a read but i mean he's done tons of other work and is hugely famous and popular for his artistic ability and the works that he's been attached to um so it's sad sad news to hear that he, he passed away i believe he was already sick and so it, it wasn't like an all-of-a-sudden thing, I don't think. I believe people knew that he was ill. And I think this was kind of like possibly his farewell tour this year as he was hitting up conventions, which is kind of sad nowadays, man. You see that with a lot of uh, these big-time artists that were hugely popular like in the 70s, 80s, where they're aging up, they're sick, and they're starting getting ready to like retire from the convention circuit and other works so it's sad um, but man these guys really shaped how a lot of us see comics and picture characters and and things like gave a picture or a voice to these characters with their pictures you know so um pretty sad stuff to see man but um it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all right so uh, I'm thankful for all the work Tim Sale's done. And like I said, Spider-Man Blue is hands down one of my favorite uh, pieces that he was a part of. So definitely check that out if you get the chance. Uh, next, um, well, kind of more sad news, but not sad in that way. Sad in just 
seeing the downfall of a actor. So Ezra Miller, they have been they've been acting up <laughs> to say the least. Uh, Ezra Miller has been just going on a tear in Hawaii, and now allegations have been coming out of him grooming children. I'm sorry, they, of them grooming children, of them being just a complete asshole to society. And now, if I'm not mistaken, Ezra Miller is in hiding. They've posted crazy, like, you're never going to catch me type stuff on Twitter. And it is just fucking crazy, to say the least. I don't even know what DC's going to do about this. Because, like, first you have Amber Heard. And the Johnny Depp thing, which started out as one thing and then spiraled into a completely clusterfuck of just everyone's shit here. And now you have Ezra Miller that literally just been trashing everything that stands in their path. And things just keep getting worse and worse and worse. It's like an NFL athlete. Okay, that was a joke. It's like a Deshaun Watson. I'm a Texans fan, so I can say that. Um, but it's just it's just beginning so bad. And like, what does DC do? They've already made the Flash movie. In fact, I think they were promoting that the Flash was supposed to be like the new flagship towards the new uh, DC universe that they're the entertainment universe that they were making, but. I don't know if that's where you want to go now. I don't know if that's where you want to plant your flag is on Ezra Miller's um, pile of warrants and cease and desist and no trespass and just crazy. Like, it's it's bad, man. I would definitely not want to... uh, If I was a producer or a movie studio, I would try to distance myself as quickly and as far as possible from this thing. Um, you know, Grant Gustin's still there, and I thought he was a great Flash in the TV series. Just saying. And I don't know why you don't do that, you know. And, and I know DC's different than Marvel, but Marvel has made it just an act of science in how they integrate their television, movies, streaming, and all that to... Where it's one cohesive story. And if you play a character in one thing. You're most likely for sure 98-99% playing that character in another thing. Unless you know they're doing a multiverse of madness. And they want to switch things up. But you know it is. Like Marvel has built this thing where DC is trying to. In some ways it feels like cash in on what Marvel has built. Without actually putting in any of the work in their own universe. Which, I mean, a lot of us have said and a lot of people agree with. So it's not like that was a very controversial statement. But um, it looks like they're going to have to do something else. Because the only other really successful shows... uh, Well, I think Aquaman was really great. You lose Amber Heard, potentially, I'm I'm guessing, due to things. So do you replace her? Do you create a new love interest? Who knows? Um, With The Flash, you lose... You're probably losing Ezra Miller. So you got to find a new Flash if you want that to be your new uh, spearhead into your whatever phase this phase two, maybe phase 1.5. <laughs> um, 
You're losing Gal Gadot, apparently, due to contracts. Like, I think she's not re-upping her contract. Same with Ben Affleck. Like, all your characters, other than The Flash and Aquaman, are gone. And now you're probably not having The Flash. So I think Aquaman's kind of like, he's it, man. He's your joint between the old and the new. Um, then again, maybe just don't do what Marvel's doing. Do your own thing. Like, you come out with shows like The Batman, The Joker, uh, Suicide Squad, which has been uh, really fantastic. Um, you keep with things like that. These one-offs are these stories where you don't have to keep all the characters, and you can create new stories with new characters. And then I think it kind of works, man. Oh, I forgot about Shazam. Why do I always forget? Well, I guess it's because he wasn't in the Justice League movie. And do you even have Henry Cavill as Superman? Like, these are questions I don't know and I need to find out so I could better uh, inform you, the public, the five of you that listen to the show. <laughs> um, but I don't know, man. It's bad. It, it's bad. And at, at this point, I, I don't know if if you're DC or Warner Brothers. Like, what do you do? I mean, Warner Brothers in this whole shakedown of all their entertainment anyway. So... I don't know, man. It's crazy. Maybe just let DC or let Disney buy the DC universe, and now they own two comic. <laughs> like, let's just turn them into more of a monopoly and make all the movie money. Because <laughs> at this point, that's the only thing I think that can save the movies. Honestly. Um, speaking of DC or not DC of Disney, man, I'm just terrible at words. And speaking of what I do uh, for a job. I recently discovered through articles on the internet that Disney World Parks in Florida, when they created the park and part of like the deal and legalese of getting this park made, they were allowed, if necessary, if need be, to build a nuclear reactor to power their their resort, their parks and everything, which is crazy in a way to give like a, a company that ability but then you know think about the things that disney has done and what they are now and they're pretty much an evil organization for the most part that we all love <laughs> but like to have like mickey mouse nuclear reactors one and two doesn't seem that far-fetched to us you know and i'm sure they have some type of power generation sources on or near the site um Though, so through the article, a representative from Disney said currently there are no plans for a nuclear reactor to power their Disney World parks. They are thinking about using more solar and wind farms to supply power. But through the article, if I remember correctly, they use like 10 million or 10 billion. Man, I forgot. I really wish I found that article. Let me see if I can find it real quick. All right, guys, I'm back after a short little while. So, yeah, the I couldn't find the original article I read it from, but I did look up uh, estimated kilowatt hours usage and cost for the Disney World parks. And you got to remember, this is four theme parks, how many resorts, golf courses, all this kind of stuff. And they use an average of probably about over 1 billion kilowatt hours of electricity a year. 
the park itself costs like $10 billion a year to run. But with the billion kilowatt hours of electricity, that's over $100 million a year just on electricity. So let's say like nuclear reactors are maybe 10 to $20 billion, maybe even more. I'm trying to remember what the last nuclear plant to be built cost. I mean, they're in the billions. But so in 10 years for Disney's electricity cost, you have a billion dollars in 10 years. So, you know, within 30 to 40 years, it pays itself off. Then again, you know, just major movies and other things, you probably make tons of money anyway. And the park itself makes tons of money. And then if you lower your electricity cost because you're supplying your own power with renewables like wind and solar, you're only making more money from the nuclear reactor, which you could, in theory, pay out to the state, you know, supply power to the state. So now the state is paying you for your own nuclear reactor that you built to supply your parks and other. So, like, I'm just saying, it sounds like a great idea. I get nuclear is not a 100% renewable energy source, but in the transition from oil, gas, coal to 100% renewables, I think nuke is the best, like, as far as its low emissions and its reliability of power. You know, of course, I do work for a nuclear power plant, so I am a bit biased. But, I mean, if you're looking to lower greenhouse gases and still get the amount of power more than that you, that you can get out of oil, coal, and gas... It's not a bad way to go, man. I'm just saying. And I don't even think it's like a democratic or liberal thought, you know, because there's tons of conservatives that work in nuclear. So it's not, don't, don't get mad at me. You don't want to work for oil and gas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but anyway, I thought that was just crazy um, and just kind of shows the power that Disney holds. And I think a lot of this came because recently there was this big legislative thing with Disney, I guess they're uh, the state of Florida was trying to renew stuff with Disney, and you don't mess with the mouse with the house of the mouse, all right. And I think that was one of the things that came out was like, well, Disney World could build a nuclear power, like that's crazy, and whatever, get over yourself. There's tons of nuclear power plants all over the world, and like I mean, tons, probably thousands, and people only fault them for two that have messed up. Whereas, I mean, oil and gas fail all the time and brownouts and all that kind of stuff, but no one complains about them. They just, ooh, nuclear energy, because you can't see it, it's evil. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, like radiation is bad, so don't, don't go licking reactors and shit like that. Like if there's an area that says, hey, don't go in here because it's nuclear reactive or there's radiation, don't do that. You know, we all saw Star Trek and I mean, it worked out well for Captain Kirk, but still, don't do that. <laughs> anyway, moving on from Disney's nuclear power plants and let's move on to um just marvel news so kevin feige you know the creator of all things that is marvel says here in the near future like as in a month or two we're going to start hearing more about marvel's new phase and what the ultimate goal and plan is um a lot of people are suspecting that it's not an avengers thing anymore now we're moving to maybe the champions or like like 
what they're saying is each big team is like its thing. So like this big 10 movie phase was the Avengers. Next big whatever movie phase will be like new champions or young Avengers. And so I kind of like that, man. Like, you know, let the Avengers be who the Avengers were. Now you don't have to worry about replacing them with new characters. Like, oh, we need to find a new Steve Rogers for this generation. No, now you make a new team and you build towards that storyline. And so you get to use new characters so that the old characters can still exist as memories, statues, um, whatever, to these new characters and these new teams. I I like that idea. I think that's a great way to go to push forward to whether or not Marvel has that in the works or whether or not they've even talked about that kind of stuff is to be seen here in the new future, as told by Kevin Feige. So we'll see. But like I said, I like my idea. I like the the fact that let let these heroes grow up with us. Let the teams that were teams be those teams that they were and not try to recreate them with something new. You know, you can have the Mighty Avengers, uh, which that was one of my favorite books uh, when it was helmed by Luke Cage, and then um, Sam, uh, as Captain America comes in, as Captain America in the Mighty Avengers, they, it was like an Avengers team with, of people of color. So you had Monica Rambeau as Spectrum. You did have Doc Ock, Spider-Man for a little bit on the team. Who else? Blue Marvel was on the team. There was a young, younger kid. Man, I can't remember, and I, I don't have the time to pull out my comics. But that would be a fun take. You know, It's a new Avengers team, different from the old Avengers team. I don't know. Call me. Call me Marvel. I have great ideas, and you should listen to me. Uh, Speaking of some of their stuff, so they've had new shows pop out. First off, Obi-Wan's been on the market uh, today. Actually, it's Wednesday. So, yeah, a new episode and a new episode of Miss Marvel, which I am missing out on right now to talk to you guys. So, there you go. But there's been some news about Miss Marvel, however, that her show is not actually doing as well on streaming services as any of the other Marvel shows that come out. But I take that with a grain of salt or, you know, I take that lightly only because you have Obi-Wan Kenobi that's out right now. You have The Boys, which is a hugely popular show that's out right now. Um, So it, it, Ms. Marvel has come out with a lot of competition. You just had a multiverse of madness come out maybe a month ago now you're about to have uh, thor love and thunder come out in like the next two to three weeks um so people might one might be marvel fatigued there that's a possibility uh, i know i love getting anything that i can get uh, but i do get stream fatigue you know like i stopped streaming uh, the halo series over on paramount plus one because i was just falling off of it and two i just there's other things that I've wanted to watch, like Obi-Wan Kenobi. That like so Obi-Wan Kenobi's really probably my my must-see show currently with uh, Miss Marvel like right on its heels, right behind it. I will say I think I'm having more fun with Miss Marvel, but I'm just I was more excited about Obi-Wan. I don't know. I was I think I was equally excited for both. I think I'm anticipating are more excited to see how they wrap things up because i think this is the last episode for obi-wan kenobi if i'm not mistaken but with miss marvel i'm just enjoying the ride you know and so i think that's the difference between the two because you know obi-wan kenobi though like it shouldn't be a surprise we know how 
Obi-Wan ends up at the end of the series and where he's supposed to be. Uh, that's not true with Ms. Marvel. We don't know where her hero kind or her her heroishness will end up by the end of her series. It could be um who knows where she ends up, you know, but I really like what they're doing with Ms. Marvel. And it's it's funny because although it's had one of the lower viewerships of any of the Marvel shows and series. It's actually critically one of the best of the of the series of any of the shows and series. It's being highly rated by critics. I'm a hundred percent in love with it. I think the people that are hating on this show are doing it because they're not really watching it, and they're just like, "Oh, she's a Muslim," or is I think it's a Muslim, Middle Eastern, and they're just trying to force this agenda on us like that's i feel like that's what a lot of people are trying to i feel like that's what people are saying with their down votes of this series because if you actually watch the show they're not trying to force anything on you they're just showing you the life of this character and the stuff that she has to deal with you know uh, kamala khan is trying to deal with being a teenager trying to do right by her family also she has religious ties in her life you know I, I she is so much a small town texan that like i 100 percent get this you know she's a small brown girl from new jersey and i'm or a, a, a girl a brown girl from new small town new jersey or i say new small town new jersey i think she's from jersey city you know i grew up small town texas as a brown boy where you know it was about pride with your family going to church every sunday and you know trying to do right by your religion by your parents by society and still trying to figure out who you are while trying to figure out if you want to figure, if you want to do it within the constraints of your environment or to break out and find out who you truly are and i i feel like kamala's going through that same growth and discovery with herself and as far as any of the marvel characters that have ever been released she feels the most relatable to me you know she loves marvel superheroes she loves superheroes she is a fangirl through and through and i i feel if that's not an analogy an algorithm for all of us as fans i don't know what is yes instead of you know um i went to a methodist church well, I went to a lot of different churches to figure out which one I liked, but mostly I went to a Methodist church instead of like this Christianity that I followed. It's, um, is it Islam? I'm really bad religious religions guys. So I think it's, uh, Islamic or Islam. I'm, I'm bad. <laughs> so I, I apologize for that. You know, it's just a different religion, you know, like I could just change out her religion for my religion and I can see exactly we are the same character, we are the same person and we're going through or we went through because I'm much older now, the same struggles. And so I honestly I feel like Kamala Khan is the most relatable Marvel character that they've put out, you know, Spider-Man was supposed to be that guy, but his story kind of got because we've had two spider-man series already you know this spider-man series he gets thrown to the avengers he gets thrown to larger than life stuff but he's still trying to find some kid romance stuff but i feel like miss marvel and especially having a miss marvel series we get to explore her 
teenage lifestyle a lot more and that's kind of fun to get to see and it's kind of i i really enjoy this series so much guys i enjoy the look of it how it's been playing out it's like a fun like um like those old like 16 candles the breakfast club type style movies with like a bit of scott pilgrim and juno and nick and nora's infinite playlist type nuances in it you know like it, it what is it like john hughes movies with whatever scott pilgrim who did scott pilgrim i don't remember but that's what it feels like to me and it's like everything that i love in one series man and i can't wait to see how this one plays out but yeah man that's pretty much it for the small town nerdcast this week like i said i didn't have any drama to uh, speak of i have finally started reading that texas blood volume two by chris condon and jacob phillips and so far i'm two issues into the graphic novel or this trade paperback and it seems like we're going to be focusing on a cult here in texas and i'm it's it's pretty interesting man you know the story follows a older deputy or sheriff's deputy I don't, I don't remember. I don't think he's the sheriff anymore or is the sheriff. I think he's just the deputy, but he's old. He's he, our season. That's a, a great way to put it, a non-offensive way to put it. And now he's recounting an old story of when he had to fight against a cult leader, you know, like the law against a cult leader. And he's telling it to one of his younger detectives, his new partner. And it, it, it's interesting, man. The last story was really interesting as well. And I'm kind of excited to see because this is literally small town Texas. Like this, this book, That Texas Blood, is pretty much literally what the small town nerdcast is. <laughs> so I love it. I, I've really enjoyed this story. I, I enjoy anything Texas, man. There is a comic book that I still hold on to. It's an indie comic that is a bunch of Texas ghost stories put into comic format that I very much love. And I'll probably share. I usually share it around Halloween every year. With the Bri-Fi podcast. I'll do it again this year. We'll talk about stories. Read excerpts from it every episode. And I might post pictures of it on Instagram. So yeah. We'll see how that all plays out guys. But thank you so much for listening to the episode this week. And we will see you guys next week. See you later. Hey RJ. You want to say see you later? See you later. Try quieter. Say, see you later. See you later time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mwah. Mwah. You're so I cute. I love you too. I love you too. Bye. 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 <laughs> okay.